in the house. We thank Welcome God for what he the is doing podcast. Thank you for and is about this week. to do On today. This week we have senior pastor Amen. Dr. Naida M. Our, Parson. Our and school supplies are coming in, but I need them to come in heavy life together. all this week. I and need, next I Sunday need we need to pack out, this altar with what we are giving for the community because the humanity I we give. Not just one and we have two. Spiritual life, our financial life. Our physical life. We have our two health. back to school because fairs that we are partnering with the county. So listen today, uh, to Pastor do, Parsons speaks about. We need to show up and do our part. Get your whole so, life uh, you all know what we need: pencils, pens, markers, crayons, hand sanitizer, uh, tissue. Hey, listeners, how you doing? You need, we thank you for following us items, and joining our podcast and uh, listening so to please, us every week. Please, we hope you're getting value out of it. And if you feel uh, compelled and moved in your heart to help support to our ministry, you can do so in various ways. First of all, you can go to newantioch-aliante.org and donate on our website. Just hit the tabs and it'll walk you through. You can text your giving to New Antioch at 779 Also, we accept cash app. We pray over this blessed God, and then we put it on you, and you all accept it because you understand the transfer of the anointing can go to anything that we touch. It is biblical. Paul had they would take stuff off their bodies, and your blessing and your giving be blessed in advance. We thank you. And so we just believe that when we pray that God will do things for us. So we, so that's what you see on the altar and it's going to stay. I need you all to pack this altar. Amen. You see what we need. We are in discipleship. We're talking about discipleship. You see, amen, 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 amen. That's well, there you go. Amen. You see that we, um, uh, we had a great intro with our, our church administrator today. She said it wasn't her time. You're going to fool around and get a time. You're going to fool around and get a time like that. And so um, I got a discipleship song for you. It says, my desire is to please you. And what is discipleship? It's being like Christ. So the song says, to be more and more like you, Jesus. And how do we do it? Each and every day. What we need you to do is lift your hands and say, God, I want to be more like you. That is what we are studying this month, being more like you. So, man, if you could kick that up for me a little bit. Psalm 138 and 8 in the King James Version. Holler out to our coaches today. Psalm 138 and 8 in the King James Version. And then Philippians 1 and 6, also in the King James Version. Let's read together. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. I really could. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Philippians 1 and 6. Being confident of this very thing. That he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Our topic this morning is get your whole life together. Get your whole life 
together. Our middle schoolers and high schoolers can be dismissed to their class. And while they're going, holler at your kids. Get your whole life together. Get, get your whole life together. Now, this is one of my daughter's signature sayings. Get your whole life together. When she's fussing about the kids, she's saying that he need to get his whole life together. When she sees somebody doing stupid, <laughs> they need to get their whole life together. She said when she's angry with somebody, look, you better get your whole life together. And this is really the central idea of discipleship. Because discipleship is more than just getting saved. It's more than becoming a believer. When you're a disciple, disciple you are intentional, intentional about getting your whole life together so when I point to y'all I want y'all to say it throughout this whole message every time I say it's your turn I need you to say it with an attitude you can say it with to somebody you can say it to yourself you can holler at me if you want to but I want it like this get your whole life together when you are a disciple you are intentional about getting your whole life together. So let's go back. What is discipleship? A disciple is someone who follows the teachings, life, and aim of another until the person becomes like their master. A disciple is someone who follows the teachings, life, and aim of another until the person becomes like their master. So discipleship in the Christian sense is the process of becoming like Christ or the process of making someone become like Christ. So the disciple of Christ is to become like Christ in everything. You need to get your whole life together. So first we become disciples and then we make disciples. That's what we do. But being a disciple is lifelong. It's, there's no end to it. We're constantly being a disciple. Uh, Mother Bass been in this a long time, but there's still things where she's becoming more and more like Christ. Paul said it himself. Not that I have already attained. But this one thing I do, I forget what's out behind I, and, and pressed forward toward the mark for the prize. I haven't attained this yet. I, I haven't arrived yet. So it's an ongoing, lifelong thing being a disciple. So there's not a, really an end to it till we go to heaven, but there is a decision. And so we're discipling you now so that we all together are ready to make disciples. We believe that there's another shift coming for this church and there's another shift coming in the kingdom and we have to be ready to make disciples. So let me ask you this question this morning. Would you say that you're just a believer or a disciple? You're just a believer. Ain't nothing wrong with being a believer. You got to be a believer. <laughs> We're believers. There's a lot of power in being a believer. But did you stop at being a believer? 
or are you a disciple? It is God's will. It is God's request. It was God's plan when he saved you that you become disciples of his son, Jesus Christ. And if you're willing to become his disciples, that's what he's asking from you. That's what his plan was. He didn't plan to just save you. He planned to make you a disciple, to become more and more like Christ. And if you're willing to become his disciple, you need to get your whole life together. I feel the anointing on that. So if you'll yield to it this morning, if you'll yield to it, he's going to do it for you. It said God will perfect that which concerns you. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Why? Because your mercy, Lord, it endures forever. It's, he's saying, don't forsake the work of your own hands. You made me. You're folding me. You're filling me up. So I know you're going to finish what you're doing in me. The, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. All you got to do is yield to it. He'll do it. So my question is, what concerns you? What concerns you? Think about it. List it in your mind. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. What concerns you? That, that word perfect, God will bring it to maturity. Some of the translators say God is going to work out the plans for it. God is going to accomplish his purpose in everything that concerns you. So what concerns you? It should fit, whatever that is on your list, it should fit into one of these categories. Spiritual. Physical, financial, emotional, mental, relational, or social. It's going to fit in one of those categories. The Bible says then that he who began a good work in you will perform it. Meaning he will complete it. If he started it in you, he's going to complete it. He'll finish what he started in you when he saved you. Spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, mentally, relationally, and socially. So we're just going to hit them this morning just so I can point you to discipleship. We can't chase all of this down today, but, but, but this is where your life needs to go. This is what I want you to put on your mind. This is what I want you to put on your list until you become like him in everything. To be more and more like you, Jesus, each and every day. I want to be more like you. So we're going to go down this. So you become like Jesus in every area of your life. Now, some of you have heard some of these things before. God first gave me this revelation in 2016. Uh, so that was, that, that, was, that was six years ago. God began to deal with me in these areas. And then we went in depth with them in 2020, two years ago. We went back in depth with them. And so, um, oh God, why are you doing this again? Well, let me see. How many of you feel that right now you are spiritually excellent? Physically fit. One. Four. Mm -hmm. How many of you feel like you're financially set? Oh. One. Two. 
three out of four, okay? How many of you feel like you're emotionally stable? I'm, I'm, I can. How many feel like you're mentally sound? I had to put my mind down. I'm having a hard time retrieving people's names. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. How many of you say you're relationally fruitful? And how many of you, I can say, hey, raise my hand on that one. How many can say you're socially connected? So you see that we need to do this again. Because you missed something somewhere. Uh, and some of you, you're hearing it for the first time. Philippians 3 and 1, Paul says, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. So it's no trouble this morning for me to preach this same thing again. And it's a safeguard for you. So let's get started. Let's get started. To be like Jesus, you know, we can't do nothing but hit it and move. To be like Jesus, you need to strive to be spiritually excellent. Spiritually excellent. Spiritual excellence is the end result of discipleship. As you get to the end of discipleship, you know you've arrived when you are spiritually excellent. It'll take care of all the rest of it. When you're spiritually excellent, you need to stop living a half-hearted Christian life. Stop living a half-hearted, mediocre, I'm kind of in the church Christian life. And how do I do that? You get started with the basics of being like Jesus spiritually. What was he like spiritually? That's the basics. Prayer. He prayed. He prayed in the morning. He prayed at night. He, slept, he, he would slip away from the disciples and everybody so he could pray. Jesus prayed and taught us how to pray. What else did he do? Jesus fasted. 40 days and 40 nights and other times, but we know before he started anything, Jesus went on a long fast. Jesus fasted. What else did he do? He studied the scriptures. 12 years old, he all up in the temple blowing people's mind because at that young age, he studied the scriptures. What else did Jesus do? Praise and worship. He talked good about his father all the time. He had wonderful things to say about his father. He was grateful to his father. So we might not have seen him do praise and worship with a microphone, but Jesus did praise and worship all the time. He was constantly talking about how good his father was. And then service. Jesus was always working for God. He was always helping people. He says, I'm at work and my father's constantly at work. So he did prayer. He did fasting. He did the scriptures. He did praise and worship. He did service. And then Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. We saw the Holy Spirit come down. Not only was he born of the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit rested on him. He says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for it has anointed me. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, how do we stay up with the Holy Spirit? Uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. First, you got to get filled the first time with the Holy Spirit. Ask God to fill you up with the Holy Spirit. It needs to be your prayer every day. You need to know that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. 
If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, we do believe that you have the ability to speak in tongues. If you fill with the Holy Spirit, we believe that you begin to develop love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, we believe every now and then you'll get a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a discerning of spirit. You can lay hands on the sick and the sick recover. You can work miracles. We believe you'll prophesy. We believe that you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How do I do that? Come more often, stay longer. You need to come more often. If I'm filling up a cup of water and I just come and hold it under the faucet for two seconds and don't come again until three o'clock and then and get another two seconds and then come again at six and get another two seconds, that's about how much water I'm going to have. But if I come to the faucet more often and if I stay there longer, if I come at one o'clock and I stay there 10 seconds and let it flow into me and then I come again at two o'clock and let it flow another 10 seconds and come again at three o'clock and let it flow another 10 seconds. What ends up happening now, I got to get another vessel because I'm already in the overflow. And so all of that prayer, fasting, scriptures, praise and worship, service, being filled with the spirit and be involved more often. Quit coming to church in one of, for an hour and a half on Sunday morning. And that's the only feel you get. That's why you're not filled up with the spirit. You need to come more often. Come to church more often. The church is in you. Do it at home. Do it in your car. It means to be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The saints said Jesus in the morning. Jesus in the noonday. Jesus when the sun go down. All day long I've been with Jesus. All day long my lips have uttered praise. Come more often and stay in his presence longer and you'll receive more. Somebody say binge Jesus. Go on to Jesus, binge. Y'all know how to binge. Tell me y'all know how to binge. Now, I know y'all know TV binge. You just go and you watch this episode, then the next episode, and then 12 hours going by, and that's all you watch. But y'all know how to binge eat, too, because as soon as I get through eating, eating the meat, now I want something sweet. Now I get something sweet, then I want something salty. And when I get something salty, then I want something crunchy. And Somebody say, binge Jesus. If you do that, the Holy Spirit will do the rest. And you'll find yourself growing in your excellence in your spirit. So you need to. You need to get your whole life together. Physically fit. There you go. I was waiting for it, mother. Lord help. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. He got to live in this. He literally lives in this. First Thessalonians 5. I ain't got time to fool with y'all today. 
May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you, set you apart through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 9, 26. So I don't run aimlessly. I don't box as I'm beating the air, but I discipline my body. And keep it under control, lest after I've been preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Do not neglect your body. Do not neglect your health. When you're physically fit, it helps your mental health as well. You move better. You look better. You feel better. And you live a better quality of life. Diabetes and heart issues and joint issues can be prevented. Blood pressure issues that affect your kidneys and your legs and your brain and your veins and your other organs can be prevented. If you would get physically fit. And physically fit don't mean thin. Because there are some thin people that are not physically fit. So it's all of it. And guess what? It helps your sex life, too. Oh, y'all. You know what sense do it make? You guys will kick Jesus to the curb to go have sex with somebody you ain't supposed to have sex with, but you won't take care of your body for the same reason. When you are not physically fit, those of y'all, if that's important to you, it'll help your sex life, too. All to do, eat, all you gotta do is eat well, exercise, and watch your weight. Eat right, we eat well. Y'all know how to eat well. Exercise and watch your weight. Go to, oh, not, that's not all. Go to the doctor. Do the prevention. So many things be forbidden if you, if you had just gone to the doctor. Eat well, exercise, watch your weight, go to the doctor, and do the prevention. It's simple. It's just not easy. But what we trying to do? Get your whole life together. Financially set. Financially set. Not having enough money in the bank is more than a mathematical problem. No money causes significant stress. Which leads to a host of problems. Depression, anxiety. Weight gain and loss, uh, uh, lack of concentration, strained relationships, it'll break up a marriage faster than adultery. Insomnia, substance abuse, heart disease, all that by lack of being financially set. But being financially set is a process like discipleship. It's going to take a while. But it is possible to never be broke again. I've seen it happen. My mom said from the first day I got a job, I've never been broke again in my life. And she wasn't. So set some things financially and you can be financially set. If you will set some things financially, you can be financially set. Well, what is financially said means to you? Don't mean wealthy. Financially said, well, wealth, I, I believe in wealth, though. Don't get me wrong. But financially said means this. All my bills are paid every month. I'm never in fear of losing a home. I'm never in fear of losing a car. And I'm never in fear of having daily provision. 
It means that nobody else's money is part of my budget. Young adults, that means ain't nobody else's money part of your budget. It means to me you got three to six months of liquid funds available. It means you got a retirement system set so that you know you good for the rest of your life. Mother raise her hand. I'm good for the rest of my life. As far as I can control, I'm good for the rest of my life whether I'm sick or well. But my parents got sick, they were still set. My mama couldn't walk, couldn't drive. She was still set. <laughs> right. It means to be debt free or got debt that's easy to pay off. If you needed to, you pay it off. It means having multiple streams of income. That you're not dependent on just one job. It means living within your means. That you're not trying to live like you make 10000 a month and you don't make but six. You're not financially set that way. And there's a simple formula that we teach in New Antioch. Those of you who have been a long time, you can say it with me. Tithe, save, give, and take care of business. Tithe. Why do we tithe? Because when you tithe, you've entered a covenant with God. Where he says, prove me. Won't I open up windows of heaven and pour you out blessing? And I rebuke the devourer for your sake. That's why you want to tithe. Give God that 10% because it puts you in covenant with God. And he, one thing about God and his covenant is that he will always do his part. Some of you that don't save, give, or take care of business, the reason that you're not homeless right now is because you tithe. Tithing saves some of y'all. And then save. You need to have some untouchable money. Because God is providing for you. He just gave it to you a little bit at a time. But you decided to buy shoes with it. You decided to put a pool in. Ain't nothing wrong with putting a pool in after you're financially set. Y'all don't want to hear the truth. You can't handle the truth. You decided you had to have a hairdo that was going to cost you $200 every three, four weeks. You decided you needed all these extra gadgets before you were financially set. Before you had a plan. So it's not that God didn't give it to you. Don't you dare say that, uh, that I tithe and I gave and then God let this happen to me. You didn't save it. It wasn't that he didn't give it. You didn't save it. I beg these young people, especially these. Oh, I don't have time to talk to y'all today. Especially those of you that are in that middle, them 30s and 40s and getting to 50. You need to, while this money getting is good, save this money. Quit spending everything that you have. Put that money away and do not touch it. Especially the way some of you live. A stroke could hit you next week. And you can't work. What you going to do? You better put that money away while the getting is good. That was an old saying. Get it? While the getting is good. Right now the getting is good. 
Ah, stop, Naida. Because God's giving it. And then give. Giving is different from your tithing. Give just out of your heart. Whether you give to people, whether you give to the church, just be giving. All these millionaires have found out the secret of giving. Why do you think all these millionaires have charities? Because they know there's something about giving. Giving is your insurance from God. Give and it'll be given back to you. Press down. Good measure. Press down. Shaking ever, oh, shaking together and running up. Well, God, make people give it to you. I was telling about a financial need this morning and somebody from my Sunday school class when I said it just sent me some money. People will give it to you. And then take care of business. This is where we miss it. Some of y'all, if it wasn't for your tithing and saving, if God just blessed you according to the way you take care of business, you'd be homeless. So y'all better, y'all that don't manage money well, you better be a tither and a giver because that's your insurance for your bad behavior. Take care of business. Open your mail. Open your mail. I know it's a lot. I got stacks of it everywhere. Where Dashe? I got tell them Dashe. I got stacks of mail everywhere. I need to throw it away. But open your mail. Some people missed that first thing they got from the government. That twelve hundred dollars because it was on the card because they didn't open their mail. Something went into collections because you didn't open your mail. You didn't pay that bill on time because you didn't open your mail. Open your mail. Throw it away if it's nothing, but open your mail. Pay your bills on time. 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 Christians, disciples, pay their bills on time. Why? Because we gave our word. That if y'all will let me watch this cable. I'm going to pay y'all my, my, this money. If y'all let me turn this air conditioner on. You signed. You told Nevada Power you were going, Nevada Energy, you were going to pay them their money. You're Christian. You pay your bills on time. The Bible says don't owe any man anything. I'm talking too much. Okay, God. Get some insurance. Get some insurance. Get some insurance. How dare you make your family do a GoFundMe page to try to bury you? Get some insurance. You need some insurance on your car, your life, and your home, and your stuff. Get some insurance. Take care of business. Own something. Own something. They say this generation doesn't want to own anything because they saw the house, housing market crash. And that's very true. It, it, there is some risk involved. But you got God on your side. He's going to bring your stuff back. I told you my stocks drop, drop, but I'm not worried about that. It'll come back. Why? Because I'm a tither and I'm a giver and I'm a saver. And I take care of business. So it'll come back. It'll be all right. Own something. Because when you don't own anything, for example, I have a house, I'm still paying on that house. Yeah, it take 30 years to pay for a house. I'm paying on a house. But you know what? Somebody else is paying the rent. And at the end, they have just given me hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
and I still own the house. So then I can sell it and get hundreds and thousands of dollars. Or I can leave it to my next generation and then they can do the same thing. Other than that, you've given, what you're doing, you're making somebody else rich. Own something. Then multiple streams of income. Get multiple streams of income and then manage all of that. Why is it y'all don't have but one hustle? Ask yourself, why is it you have only one hustle? You think you get all your money from one source. The Bible teaches against that. The Bible teaches you to invest. The Bible teaches you to, to spend it out and get it. So why you got the only source of income you have, the only hustle you got is that paycheck from that job or that retirement check. Get you another hustle. They call it a side hustle. You know why they call it something? Because it was something. And they named it. <laughs> These kids say, I don't, I don't be wanting to work. No, three, have three, four jobs. Stuff. Used to be back in the day. Every man had a side hustle. Thank you. I got somebody that remember that. They had something. And the women who even stayed home had a side hustle. Either they was watching somebody's kid, they were, they were doing somebody's watch, they were sewing, they was they selling a little something on the side. You tied off one job. You know what you need to do? Get your whole life together. Emotionally stable. What does stable mean? Stable means not likely to give way or overturn. And when somebody is, has had an injury or an operation, I could go deep with this. When they say they're stable, it's when they're not deteriorating in health after an injury. <laughs> go, on down, go on down the road and preach that to yourself. After an injury, uh, uh, after a cut, you don't deteriorate. They call that being stable. Being sane and sensible, not easily upset or disturbed. You're stable. Being firmly fixed. I'm emotionally firmly fixed. So that doesn't mean that emotions don't have a place. It means they're not all over the place. They're firmly fixed in their place. God gave us emotions. It helps us to enjoy life. It helps us to have a great experience. It helps us to truly feel alive. God is an emotional God. He, 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 he is love. He has joy. He, 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 he can be grieved. Uh, he can be angry. And so we're made in his image. God gave us emotions. But emotions also protect us from danger. From things that are not in our best interest. I don't feel good about that. That didn't make me feel good. I didn't like that. It lets you know that something is is wrong so God gave us emotion for information not destination I stole this from my daughter this is what she tell her clients that this emotion is information not destination meaning you don't have to go there just because you feel it you don't have to go there it's not a destination it's not a place where you go you don't have to go there just because you feel it. 
And so he gave me this analogy. I'll let y'all take this to y'all clients. Emotions are like the wind. The wind, you feel it, but it don't have, you don't have to go where it takes you. Now the wind blowing this way. Now the wind blowing this way, I feel it. Now the wind going this way, I feel it. You just because you feel the wind, you don't go everywhere the wind is going. You just feel it. You process it. See what you need to do about it. See if it's a big wind. It gives you information. But it's not a destination. Look at somebody say, you don't have to go there. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus is on the boat. We're going to be like Jesus. He was emotionally stable. Jesus on the boat and the wind was acting a fool. And it was flipping that boat. And it was throwing water in the boat. And they're in the middle of the storm. And the disciples went there. Lord Jesus, we finna die. Oh, we finna die. What's going to somebody get Jesus? We finna die. Jesus was asleep. Chill. Stable. Firmly fixed. Even when they woke him up, he said, why y'all tripping? I said we was going to the other side. It don't matter what happens in the middle, we going to the other side. So he gets up coolly. He gets up calmly. He looks at the wind and says, peace. He looks at the waves and said, be still. Jesus was emotionally stable. And so you need emotionally stable and mentally sound. Mentally sound. Most of our issues, problems, and mistakes are because of the way we think. It's the way we think. You're supposed to have a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. That means a well-balanced, self-controlled mind. Control your mind. Get your mind together. A sound mind is a renewed mind, according to Romans 12 and 2. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Everybody's wild and out, but be transformed. Why? By the renewing of your mind. Somebody say, you need to change your mind. It needs to be renewed. A sound mind is a sober mind. First Peter uh, 5 and 8. Be alert and of a sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He looks for people who don't have a sober mind. Y'all, this is the reason we believe that taking in sub substances to alter your consciousness is wrong. It's wrong to alter your consciousness. You need to be sober-minded. It is not for disciples to smoke weed, to eat edibles, to be drunk. Everybody knows that a sober mind 
It's harder to get to do dumb stuff. But an altered mind is easy to get you to do dumb stuff. So the Bible says when you alter your mind and you're not sober minded, and it's not just substances that make, sometimes men make you unsober in your mind. Sometimes women make you unsober in your mind. But anyway, uh, when you're not sober minded, when you don't have your wits about you, You'll do stuff that you would not normally do. The devil knows that. So he said, "Be have a sober mind because the devil is out there trying to devour you. They're talking you into doing this stuff, especially you young people, because the devil wants to devour you. It is designed to devour you to get you to do dumb stuff. Every man knows if you want to get into a woman's underwear, get a drunk. That's why they pick you up in a bar, dummy. You know, the first thing alcohol begins to affect is your inhibitions. You will do, they call it liquid courage, because you'll do when you're just a little unsober what you would not do if you were sober. No, you just got a little buzz. You just a little high. You just, uh, it's a trick of the devil. I don't care that it's legal. It's a trick of the enemy. And the devil is waiting to see who he can devour. And he's going to go after the one that's always got a buzz on. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Um. A sound mind is staying on Jesus. Isaiah 26 and 3, I'll keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he's trusting in you. The, uh, trusting in thee. Perfect peace is, is a Hebrew shalom shalom. That's double peace. Perfect peace. Total well-being if you keep your mind stayed on Jesus. What am I supposed to think about? Philippians 4 and 8. Brother, whatsoever thing is true. Whatever is true. Half your problems, you're thinking about a bunch of stuff that's not true. If you let your mind go into these imaginations and you're imagining your child is doing all of this and you imagine that y'all know how we do a whole argument in our head. Ain't nobody even said nothing to you, but you've done the whole argument in your head. And if she say this, I'm going to say that. And if she say this, I'm going to say that. And then I'll, and, or you, you worried about you already homeless. Uh, the only thing happened is, 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 is they, they took $50 out your check and you didn't have your mind and go all the way to homeless. It's not true. It's not true. Whatever is noble, that's high moral principles. If it's nothing that you want me to know, if I can't run a movie of your mind, then you don't got no business thinking it. Whatever is right. Ooh, I'm going to slap her. I just, that's not right. Don't think about it. Stop thinking about it. Ooh, I'm going to hide this little bit and I'm going to tell them that this and that. If it's not right. Don't think about it. That's not right. Whatever is pure. If it's not pure, don't think about it. That's all lust is. It's thinking about stuff that's not pure. If that's not a pure thought, again, if you can't put that thought on a screen and everybody can look at it, if you shame any of it, it's not pure. It's not right. Whatever is lovely, you might be thinking something that's ugly. If you take that thought out your mind and look at it, and if that's an ugly thought, that's ugly. 
He said, don't think about it. Whatever things are admirable, can you admire that thought? Don't think about it. If there be any excellence or praise, think about these things. If you don't let the Holy Spirit, the word of God, or a mentor, or a book, or a therapist help you change your mind, help you correct the way you think, you will never get your whole life together. Mentally sound. Relationally fruitful. God is relational. You can't be a disciple if you don't want to be like Jesus. You can't be a disciple if you don't want to be like Jesus. And so Jesus is relational. Relationships are powerful. All it takes is one bad relationship to change the entire trajectory of your life. Your life was going here. And you got into one bad relationship, one bad relationship, and it'll change your life into a whole different direction. You need to be relationally fruitful. All it takes also is one good relationship to set you up for life. Just one good relationship can set you up for life as well. Samson and Delilah. That one bad relationship cost him his eyes, his strength, and his life. Ahab and Jezebel. That one bad relationship. Ahab fooled around and married the wrong woman. That Jezebel controlled everything in his life, and he lost the whole kingdom. David and Jonathan, however, Jonathan, that one relationship saved David's life. But then David turned around and got with Bathsheba. And that one bad relationship took his life in a downward spiral. Elijah and Elisha, that one relationship, made Elisha the most powerful prophet that there ever was. He was more powerful than Elijah. Moses and Joshua. Joshua just came to serve Moses. Next thing you know, he was the next guy in charge. That one relationship changed his life. Jesus and Peter. Where would Peter have been without Jesus? But that one relationship totally transformed his life and he became the one of the greatest preachers ever lived. Barnabas and Paul, nobody trusted Paul. Paul was low down before he got saved. Nobody trusted him. But one relationship with Barnabas turned his whole life around. Fruitful relationships. Are your relationships fruitful? Do they produce anything? Or are they just unnecessary? How many people you got in your life that are unnecessary? Let's look at Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, it says, God created mankind, Genesis 1:27, in his own image. An image of God created he them. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful. Increase the number, fill the earth, subdue it. See, he, he looked at man and said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I need to make me a woman so that something can come from their relationship. We are designed to be in relationship with each other. And those relationships should be fruitful. They should be purposeful. You need to ask the people that are close to you, why are you in my life? If you sit next to a friend or family or something, just, just ask them, why are you in my life?
Then ask yourself, why am I in your life? Why, why am I in your life? Do I add value to your life? Or am I unnecessary? What are we supposed to accomplish together? What are we supposed to accomplish together? I was looking at the pictures from the, the, uh, from the, the gala. And, and in the picture, when they took the whole group picture, um, I happened to be standing next to my best friend, Regina. And 30 years ago, Regina is, is a prophet, and she said, God said for me to hook up with you for ministry. And we've been friends ever since. We've been best friends ever since. And looking at us in that picture and then seeing all of New Antioch surrounding us, I could see that our relationship was fruitful. What is your relationships producing? Look at the, the five closest people to you. Are they fruitful? Your five closest relationships, are they fruitful? What are they producing? What are you and your spouse producing? What are you and your spouse producing? What are you and your friends producing? What are you and your family producing? What are you and your mentor producing? What are you and your boo producing? What are y'all producing other than drama and some laughs? Oh, that was, that did get quiet. <laughs> the significant people, other than some drama and some laughs, what are y'all producing? All of your relationships should be fruitful so you can get your whole life together. And lastly, socially connected. Socially connected. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. You need to be together with people. He says, as some are in the habit of doing, some of you listen to me right now, you're in the habit of not being in the house. You're in the habit. Uh, don't blame it on COVID because you go everywhere else. You've been to work. You've been to the store. You've been to, to the restaurant. You've been on vacation. You've been on a cruise. Don't tell me you're not coming to church because you're scared of COVID. The devil is a lie. And so are you. You just don't want to be socially connected. What's happening? They're lying. He said, but you encourage one another, especially as you see the day approaching. He says, as the world gets worse and worse, you guys need to band closer together. We are one body. Christ is the head and we are his body in the earth. So what happens to a body part that's not connected? It dies. It turns black and yucky and it dies. The last plea of Jesus to his father was that we may be one. Father, I want them to be one, just like you and me are one. I'm in you, and you're in me. They, they, they need to be in us. God has been giving me some stuff about us. They need to be in us. And if, they get, if they'll get together, if they stay connected, then, then, uh, uh, they will, then the world will know and will believe that you sent me when they see how they're connected together. That's crazy, but that's, that's what he said, that if we would get together, the world would believe that Jesus was sent. 
He said, I've given them the glory. I gave them the glory that you gave me. And they got to be one so that the glory will come. We are one. I am in them, God, and you are in me. And so we got to be brought together in unity. Then the world will know that you sent me because I've loved them like you've loved me and we're all one. We're connected. It is God's will that we stay connected to each other. Y'all, we do people. And all God is coming back for is people. The only thing you can take from this world with you is people. The gold and the Gucci gonna stay here. The Tesla and the Tiffany gonna stay here. The Diamonds and the Denali going to stay here. The Louboutins and the Lexus going to stay here. The Mercedes and the money is going to stay here. And if you spend more time connected to things than you do connected to people, you've missed it. You missed the whole thing. And it doesn't matter if you're spiritually excellent or physically fit or financially set or emotionally stable or mentally sound if you're not connected to people. You can't make disciples if you're not connected to people. So get your whole life together. Spiritually, you need to be. Spiritually, you need to be excellent. Y'all didn't take no notes. Physically, you need to be fit. Financially, you need to be set. Emotionally, you need to be stable. Mentally, you need to be sound. Relationally, you need to be fruitful. Socially, you need to be connected. Get your whole life together. And so, first you got to get in. And we pray for salvation. For you to be connected, first of all, to Jesus Christ. You got to be a believer before you can be a disciple. So if that's you today, I want y'all to pray this prayer with me. I need I want to be connected. I want to be a believer. I want to be counted amongst the believers. It's easy with just one prayer. Just one prayer. If you believe this in your heart, then you are instantly saved. And you're a believer. And you're ready to be a disciple. So whether you're listening on live stream or you're here in the building, pray with me. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart. Save me. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong. And I'll live for you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe that prayer, if you said it and you meant it in your heart, you're a believer now. You're saved. And now you're ready to be a disciple. There's a book that I want you to have. If you're listening by live stream, I, I want you to put it in the comments that you did say that prayer today and that you are ready uh, to grow and become a disciple. There's a book I want you to have that will explain a lot of these things to you that we talked about today. So if you're here in the building, just raise your hand. Say, I prayed that prayer today, and I want that book today. I prayed that prayer today, and I'm saved now. Anybody in the building? Everybody already saved. Everybody had prayed that prayer before. If you're listening by live stream, we ask you to put it in the comments and we'll get it to you. Or go to newantioch.org and press the connect button. We would love to connect with you. You need a church home. You need a place where you can grow, where you can be socially connected. And so if you go through those double doors, you can go now or you can go after service and say, I'm ready to join this church. I know this is where God is leading me. I want to grow. I want to be a disciple. 
please join us. I would love to be your pastor. I would love for this church to be your church family. This is a good place to be. New Antioch is a great church, and you will enjoy your life here at New Antioch. I even got a couple of hand flaps on that. New Antioch is a great church, and we would love for you to be part of our ministry. But we're going to pray for every area, and then we're done today. That was a lot, but thank God we got it in. Um, it's just a place for you to start in discipleship. And so it, and when I get to your part, you can stand or pray where you are. If it's just a dire, dire situation and you come to the altar, we will pray for you um, and lay hands on you because we will fight for you here at this church. Spiritually excellent. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we lift up our spiritual life. We are ready to get our whole life together because it pleases you. So, God, perfect my prayer life. Protect, perfect, God, my fasting. Teach me how to fast and pray before you. God, I lift up my service in the name of Jesus. Show me where you need me to work for you. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill us, God, in this place. Walk up and down these aisles right now and fill your people with the Holy Spirit. God, teach us how to praise you, how to worship you. God, teach us how to study your word. God, perfect all of these areas that I might be spiritually excellent before you. In Jesus' name, amen. Physically fit. Physically fit. Father, in the name of Jesus, I need your help. I need your help to deal with my weight. I need your help to deal with my eating habits. I need your help to get me into exercising. I need your help to help me take care of my body. It is your temple. God, move on your people right now. This is the area, God, where we are most tricked by the enemy and not taking care of ourselves. God, we put our health on our back burner. God, we keep thinking we're going to have more time. Touch us right now. Convict us, God. Convict us when we eat wrong. Convict us when we don't move. Convict us when we don't take care of ourselves. In the name of Jesus, move on us, God. What Somebody needs a miracle. God, I need a miracle. I need you to do it supernatural. I need you to do it against my will. God, do it against my will. However you do it, God, I need you to I want to be healthy. I want to be disease free. I want to finish the work that you have me to do. God, do it for my family. God, do it for my spouse. God, do it for my children so that their life is not wrapped up taking care of me in the name of Jesus. God, I want to finish the work that you gave me to do. I want to finish this run in vain. I want to accomplish. I got to be physically fit. God, help me. Help me. I rebuke the enemy. I rebuke gluttony. I rebuke laziness. I rebuke, rebuke procrastination. I rebuke distraction. In the name of Jesus, help me. Get myself together. I need your help, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Financially. Financially. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I lift up all my finances to you. 
I need your help, God. I need a miracle. God, I call in supernatural debt cancellation, however you do it, God. And I won't go back into that same habit again. God, convict me of what I do with my money. God, help me to tithe. God, help me to give. God, help me to save. Show me where I can save. In the name of Jesus, God, give me the right mentor. God, let me read the right book. But I want my money to be right so that my health can be right. I need my money to be right so that my family can be right, so that my marriage can be right. I rebuke the devourer in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the devourer in the name of Jesus. I lift up the businesses. God, I lift up businesses. I lift up jobs. I lift up promotion. I lift up education in the name of Jesus. Work it out for your people. You promise that you will perfect all that concerns me and my money concerns me this morning. Do it for me, God. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And I receive it in the name of Jesus. Emotionally stable. God, call in my mind and my emotions. Emotionally stable and mentally sound. Emotionally stable and mentally sound. God, I call in, I gird up the loins of my mind. I bring my emotions under subjection. God, I come against depression. I come against anger. I come against anxiety. I come against fear. Rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Teach me how to keep my mind stayed on me. Count you, God. Teach me how to trust you. Bring my emotions under control. Put me with the right therapist. Put me with the right friends. God, give me a conviction about this anger. Give me a conviction about this bitterness. Give me a conviction about this anxiety. In the name of Jesus, God regulate my mind. They told me, God, that you are a mind regulator. They told me, God, that you are a heart fixer. Heart fixer, mind regulator. Put me in peace. Peace be still. God, I lift up my mind and my emotions to you right now. God, give me stable emotions and a sound mind. That's for somebody this morning. God is doing it right now. God is doing it right now. God is doing it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God is doing it right now in the name of Jesus. I declare I have a sound mind. I declare I have stable emotions in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Sis, I'm sending somebody to pray for you right now. He's doing it for it for you right now. He's doing it for you right now. He's doing it for you right now. He's doing it for you right now. Move on it right now, God. Fix it right now. Every area of her life, you brought her here today to straighten her life out. You brought her here today to fix it. You brought her here today to turn it around, turn it around, turn it around, God, in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on this woman. Relation, you will not leave here the same. In Jesus' name. 
relationally fruitful. I'm going to do that last. Socially connected. Father, in the name of Jesus, all of those that need a church family, all of those that need to be connected, God, move on them right now. Put them in the body that you would have them be in. If it's not New Antioch, wherever they're supposed to be, God, their peer group, God, their whoop at work, wherever they're supposed to be connecting with people, I come against the spirit of isolation. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Connect us socially, God. Make us family. We rebuke strife. We rebuke anger. We rebuke mistrust. Mistrust. God, heal those that have been hurt before by people. God, don't deliver us from people. Deliver us to people. Set us free so that you can give us to people. Make us a family. So that the world may know that you, that God sent you, Jesus. And that we may share in your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this is a special prayer God told me to do today. For fruitful relationships. For fruitful relationships. Those of you that have that are here today with the person that you need to have a fruitful relationship with. In other words, why are you in my life? Why has God connected us together? And what are we supposed to accomplish together? And sisters, I saw y'all. And when I saw you all holding hands, the spirit of the Lord fell on me while I was preparing this. What are you supposed to accomplish together? Make this two of the most brilliant minds that I've ever met. What is it that you to accomplish together that this relationship be fruitful? Even if it's just to spur each other on to each of your dreams. I don't know, but the Lord will reveal. But I felt a power in this connection right here. So grab her hand and whoever else, who you're supposed to be connected to. Randy and Erica, of course. Amen. And you hold her hands with that person. Bring them to the altar. Bring them to the altar of who you feel God is connected to. And what is this? We need to be fruitful. We got to be more than just some laughs and some drama. We thank God for what he's done today. <clears throat> Amen. We're a little bit over time, but it takes time for God to change lives. Amen. So that's our service for today. Just want to remind everybody of our training on this Saturday. We're having a full training for our servant leaders, our coaches, uh, and our community group leads. Uh, and then, of course, the MITs uh, are welcome to come. Anyone is welcome to come. We'll be here from 9 to 1 this Saturday. Uh, it's servant leaders, but it's, if they can't come, if they want to. But it's if servant leaders. So That's right, because MITs are servant leaders. That's right. That's right. All in my teas are servant leaders, and so are pastors, actually. Praise God. Uh, so it's a mass training for most of us uh, that, are, uh, that work here in the church. On Saturday, 9 to 1, be here at 9 o'clock. Be on time so we can get out on time. But we're going to have a great, great time and a great day of training. Breakfast and snacks will be provided. And again, I need this altar fill next week. 
I need y'all to, does anybody, do anybody obey their pastors anymore? <laughs> I need this altar field next week of pens and pencils. Uh, matter of fact, y'all bring them, bring them Saturday. All leaders. And there is some more in the foyer. Oh, we're beautiful. So let's pull this together so we can do our community uh, pens, pencils, notebooks, hand sanitizer, markers, crayons. And then our kids count are having a summer reading challenge. So if you see this flyer, our kids are doing great. You need to have them read over the summer. So let's read the word of God. Get something good in them over the summer. I'm assuming it's mostly word of God they're reading, kind of. Just read. Spiritual books, but just read. Amen. Um, so complete the challenges. The challenges on the black back of the flyer. Are some flyers out there? Okay, the challenges on the back of the flyer. Go ahead. They get a prize every week that they do their challenge. Um, and um, then the, the winners get a bigger prize at the end. So please, please, uh, ages, if, if your three-year-old can read, if your three-year-old can't read, read to them. And get the challenge done uh, this week. We are, we are standing. Amen. Um, my daughter disappeared. So, uh, <laughs> oh, there she is. Come on, dismiss us, Pastor Eric. Amen. Let's give God a praise for that word. Amen. That's the anointing to do life like God said. Don't forget you're just one. Amen. Last time I dismissed, I did it wrong. Don't forget you're just one. We'll pray for that outreach and whoever you come in contact with, know that you are assigned to minister to them, to lead them to Christ. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the ability, God, to walk in spiritual excellence, physical excellence, emotional excellence, God, and to be the disciples you've called for. This week, God, give us our just one. God, we are out searching for the person that you've ordained to meet you this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You all be careful as we go out. We are still Thank you being careful today. with the COVID. This message really reached you. If you'd like to know more about our campuses, you can visit our central campus at newantioch.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dot org. Or for our Aliante campus, you can visit us at newantioch-aliante.org. That's N-E-W-A-N-T-I-O-C-H dash A-L-I-A-N-T-E. If you'd like to sow a seed into this ministry, you can do so by texting New Antioch to 77977 for Aliante Campus. Or for Central Campus, it's New Antioch Central at 77977.